Hello everyone, this is Dovi Shapiro, and today I'll be interviewing Rabbi Mendy Mann, Shliach, to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on the topic of Beaker Bias. I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more Hatzlacha in their Shluchas. My pleasure, it's my schus to encourage Shluchim, whatever it may be. Let me just begin by thanking our sponsors. I would like to thank Fassman Jewelers and the Smetana Group. Thank you for making the Shluchim podcast available to all Shluchim. Let's get right to it. So, Mendy, you are a full-time um, Beaker Bias Shliach, which uh, when I heard this, I thought it was a fascinating idea that there's a Shliach who's dedicated full-time to meeting New Yidin. So could you tell us a little bit about this, what this means? It basically means that I take a list of all the Yidin that are in the city where I live. I find a populated Jewish area, and I go two, three times a day on a Messiah route, you could say, to push a knock on every Yiddish door, ask them if they're Jewish, and I come with a little packet with different Messiah in it, and I advertise myself in whichever way I feel they'll let me in the house and try to get something started with them with every house that I go to. Beautiful. Um, how many years have you been doing this? It's probably now finishing two years, going on to three years. And who, who brought you down to, to, to do this? Are you doing this in your own city, or you, this is a, a special program of a, of a specific Chabad house? Initially, um, Mendel Schmutkin is the one who actually mentioned it to me, but it's basically his father's idea, Rabbi Senior Schmutkin's idea, and they are the head shluchim of the whole Milwaukee area, which there's like 20, 30 shluchim over there, and they brought me down to particularly, they wanted to call it the Jewish Identity Program to look after all the people that are left out between all the shluchim that no shluchim are in touch with. So actually before I go visit people, I confirm with the other shluchim that nobody's in touch with the people before I actually go knocking on their houses. I, w- I want to just talk about the, you know, the, the practicalities of what you're doing and how you're doing it, because I think all of us as shluchim could you know, reach you know, a few more yidin in our own communities if we did it. Maybe the shliach is thinking of the idea of bringing out Merkish shluchim in the summertime and they haven't done it. So let's talk about a little bit of, of, of what goes on. When you, when, you, when, you, when you go and you knock on someone's door, are you keeping track of everyone, that, that, uh, door, their door that you knock on? And what, what, is the, what has the progress been? Basically, when I knock on someone's door, there's three reactions I can get. The guy could throw me out. The guy could just talk to me for a minute at the door without any – like, the guy doesn't really get what I want and, like – if I offer them tefillin or something, they don't, it doesn't connect, but the guy's happy to see me at the door. Or somebody could actually invite me in and be thrilled that I came over, and it's very interesting. A lot of times I actually see that, that people are so excited that the rabbi's at their door, they invite me in, they'll tell the wife, and then we talk for a few hours. So, and I basically follow up based on their interest. That's how often I follow up with them, and I take notes of every person I went to, and I categorize it to be able to know how often to follow up on them. So, so, and what do you do? So now so you have these three categories. Someone who, so tell us what you do with each one. I Meaning someone who, who was, uh, you know, threw you out the door or didn't even let you in. Um, do you, what's your response to them? And what do you do with, with each one of the other categories? Okay, so we'll start from the hardest. Like, someone who threw me out, 
I'll put him on a list to go to him in like two years from now and I'll try again to say maybe he was just in a bad mood and interesting people, you know, after a year or two, they change, you know, and they actually get more interested. People that are very quiet, you know, just, you know, Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem, Shalom, I come back to them like during Yom Tovim time and a lot of times they open up to me and they invite me in and we talk more and they, I get them much more involved. And then people that to begin with were involved and invite me in, a lot of those people, in, it, theoretically, they're already interested. It's just that nobody partially came to them yet. So once I go into their house and they see that I'm here and they see who I am, they get very interested right away and they're ready to come to all programs and everything. You get all types of people, people that didn't, never wanted to be involved or people that just nobody ever spoke to them because they were just like off the radar. So, so over the three years that you've been doing this, have you seen – Meaning, obviously, you, you went from people that were not involved in anything, and now you probably have a, a significant list of people that are somewhat involved. What does that look like? I'm saying, like, by now I have a minimum of, like, 300 families that I'm involved with. And what I aim to do, I'm saying I don't have a Chabadas or anything, and <clears throat> it's harder, like, to bring them to someone else's Chabadas in that sense, but there are many people that are, you know, going to friendship circle programs and people that I myself learn with them and they, whenever there's a program going on, I try to bring them to the program. I have a list of like, you know, 10, 20 families that any program that goes on in town, I, you know, if they're available, they'll come with me to the programs. And my main thing is before Yom Tovim to try to get to their houses, like a Muslim route to try to get to their houses and tell them about Yom Tovim, you know, make that it should be uh, something to them, even if they're not ready to come to my house, if they're not ready to go anywhere yet, at least they'll have, you know, something by themselves. Right, so from from these people, there's 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 plenty of them, who even though you have a great kesher with them, they're still not going to go to an actual program. But the fact is that you have a personal kesher with them, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, so like, uh, there's over a hundred families that are very close to me, and they'll invite me in, and I'll, and I could actually work with them, even if they're not yet ready to come anywhere. But just for me to come to them, they're happy for me to come over. Have you ever had an experience of someone who, in the beginning, told you no and uh, like, or like listen I don't want to have anything to, anything to do with you goodbye and later on when you came back to them in two years you saw a different response and it's actually very interesting because that's actually one of the things I do is I mark down if someone threw me out and I try again in two years I try again and very often It'll be like the husband answered the door in a bad mood and the wife answered the next time I came to the house and she's all thrilled and invites me in. And even though the husband comes home, she's all excited and, and uh, makes a cashier, you know. And I had people that actually sent them donations, you know, people that got very uh, interested, people that threw me out the first time. And sometimes, you know, you just get the guy in a bad mood or something. But, uh, of course, you have cases where the guy throws you out and two years later the guy throws you out again with the same, uh, the same anger, you know. It's, it depends, but it's worth it because so many people that are able to make shodim with them, it's just, you know, it's a shod the first time they weren't uh, in a good mood. Right. No, it's beautiful. No, it's good to hear, it's good to, you know, shlucham to hear, the, you know, the the ups and downs, you know, of everything. Nothing is nothing is perfect. There's no perfect picture. Is this something you do actually every every single day? Um, on my schedule, I have every day, you know, either morning, afternoon, evening, like 
one of the two, one of the three times or two of the three times, depending on if I have sharing with other people. But I always make a note that at least once a day I go out on on a trip, you know, to go out on on the Italian to do this. Because like by now, there's many people that I'm having sharing with and stuff. But I always make sure that there's at least you know once or twice a day that I'm going out on this Italian route to be able to just try to get more and more people as much as possible. People that you know otherwise would just be Nobody would be involved with them. What What have you found is the best time in the day to go visit people, to go to their homes, that, to actually meet them there? Well, obviously the best time is the evening, although I'm saying for me on a personal level, it's the hardest time, the evening. But the, the evening is obviously the best time. However, there are people that aren't available during the day, and those people, it's better to get them by day than by night, because by night they're busy with the family and everything. So if you get them in the morning during the day when they're home for whatever reason. It could be the only work in the afternoon or whatever. It's much better to go to them by day. So I always try to first get through to people by day, see if they're day people. And then if I see they're not day people, so then I know, okay, the only way to get through to them is to go at night. So they'll be busy. You know, what can you do? That's the only time you can get them. Is that, are you talking about retired people? Is it only retired people? Or do you, you, you have found all kinds of people that are home during the day? You have all kinds of people. Some people only work half days. Some people work uh, different people, different older people that like retired people, like you said. Like those people are not going to waste the evening and going to those people. I'll first try to get through to everybody by day, and then I'll take whoever was not available by day, and I'll use all my nights on them because we're not going to waste the night on a person that I could do by day. Have you? Is there is there some kind of uh, st- statistic that you figured out? Of you know every certain amount of people, this is the response you get. What, what is the what is the breakdown of that? I'm curious. Basically, say if I had ten houses that I'm going to go to today, so probably the first five, you won't even get through. Two people are aren't home. You know, it's hard. a lot of times you, you don't get someone at home because they don't come home till late. So you can't always get through to like five of them. Then say another two, three or even four will just speak to you for, for a minute by the door, like it won't connect. But then you'll get like another one or two that will actually invite you into the house. It's, and it's very often, like every time I go on a trip, if I knock at like 10, 10 houses, I'll always get somebody that will invite me in. Do you find that it's, that it's hard every single day going out and uh, I mean, simply the fear of rejection? You know, does that uh, – do you find yourself sort of go, going with the ups and downs of the rejection? How, how does that work? I mean, we watch it every day, you know, putting yourself out there for, you know, get, to get the door slammed on you or people to send you away. And every once in a while, someone will be friendly. Is it uh, – how, how, how do you deal with it? Listen, every day is a different avoid. You know, you go to the first door and then, you know, you knock on the door and – Every door that I go to, I'm never sure if it's the guy walking to the door or it's my heart beating. It's you know, it's, it's you know, it's uh, you know, it's not so uh, not easy. But listen, you know, this is the way you get through to people. <laughs> have you have you figured out a best way to get in the door? Meaning to say, you, you someone opens the door. What what is what what are you telling them? Who are you? You know, why would someone even invite you in the house? Um, most people, every person is different, and different people appreciate different uh, ways when I advertise myself. What I've found the best is just to tell them that I'm a new rabbi coming to get to know the Jewish community. Most people feel much more comfortable with that, and they invite me in, and we talk to them, 
And that's actually my main goal by the first time I visit somebody is to get them comfortable with me, to get them to know me, that it shouldn't be threatening. And this way, they'll, they'll be more open to the different programs that we have to offer if they're actually interested in that. And when they let you in, is there something specific that you try to talk to them about, or you just kind of go with the flow, just connecting with them, talk to them about, about themselves and their family, and how, how, does, that, how does that look? Um, normally, the first time I go to somebody, I try not to be threatening. I try to just let them talk about whatever they want to talk about. I myself am not a very good talker. I usually leave it up to them, and they talk about whatever they talk about. And I usually, you know, when, you know, just like a regular conversation, like I always, you know, put in my two cents and whatever they say. That's basically usually a first visit. I don't try to impose anything. I just try to keep up a nice connection with them. I'm basically trying to make a connection to somebody. The first time I go to somebody, it's just to make the connection. Mm-hmm. Do you bring with you anything like uh, any books, mezuzahs to fill in or no? Um, whenever I go to somebody's house, I always have in my car mezuzahs mm-hmm. and foreign books, whatever it is in my car. I bring with me a little I, – I put it like in a gift bag, um, Neshek and Stuka Pushka, and I have a mezuzah in my pocket, and I carry Tzon with me. So when I knock on the door, I have all that with me, and depending on the way it goes, I offer it to them. A lot of times they'll ask me what it is, like, oh, what do you got in your bag? So I tell them about it, and I offer it to them. I don't always try to force them to take it, but in most cases, once the guy opens up to you, the guy will actually ask you what it is, and they'll be thrilled that you brought it for them. How do you actually present the, the Neshek and the Tzedakah box? What is it in? I usually come with a, a gift bag with the handles on top. Inside of it, I have Neshek and Tzedakah box. The Tzedakah box doesn't say anything personal on it. It just has, if they want to pick it up, they can call me. <clears throat> I tell them how, how to have a house, charity, you know, to make the house look like a charitable home. It's very nice to have it in your house. And I tell them about Neshek. And I also have my card in there, and I have uh, depends. You know, sometimes I put like the the chaim or whatever it is I put in there. You know, so the well, nesh for sure to, they should know how to light. So it's a small gift bag. It's it's pretty small. Yeah. So I carry that bag, and I carry tefillin when I come to the house. So it's also it's much less threatening if you come with like with a briefcase. They get all you know. They think you're coming to fundraiser. If you come with a gift bag to the guy's house, so it's more uh, neutral. You know, it's more accepting. Accepting. Right. And you talk find that people a lot of times ask you what's in there? Yeah, very often. Like once I talk to the guy, the guy, is, he breaks the ice. So then they're like, oh, what do you got in your bag over there? Uh, and also it's good I, to have an open I, bag. You could like, if the guy just wants this or just wants that, you could just pull out your card and give it to him, you know, whatever. They don't want to have a whole gift, you know. Okay, excellent. I'm just thinking now that we can wrap it up, but was there anything else, any other nakudas about this, of anything on this topic? I'm just myself personal. Like, when I first started doing it, I was petrified. Like, I didn't know how people are going to react. But I'm saying, at this point, it's, people are very, very open. People, most people, when you come to them, they're, they're, more, they're, they're happy that you came over. Yeah, and I believe that... I believe that I'm saying every shliach, I don't know how busy most shluchim are. I'm not on the regular shluchim fundraising kind of uh, business, but I, I believe like even if you spend, say, 
a half hour a day knocking on doors, you can get through so many more people, people that brochures and anything don't mean anything because that's the way I work. I don't send any brochures. I don't make any phone calls because that's you're already telling them that you're X, Y, and Z, and, and they might not be interested in that. When you knock on the door, they see you. It's a personal catcher already, so it's already beyond whatever you have to offer them. But that will come later. And I see that I think just it doesn't even take so much time to push and knock on a few doors. And if you put it in a regular schedule, maybe once a week even, I, like I said, I don't know how busy people are, but even just, you know, a half hour a week, you can get through to so many more people and they themselves will already want to join you, especially if you have already an established community with things going on. Once they have a cashier to you, they'll already come to things that you do. Thank you, Rabbi Mendelman, for sharing with Shluchim about your Hatzlacha and uh, approach to Beaker Bias. We really appreciate your time. You're very welcome. This is Dovi Shapiro, and if you have any ideas of how to make the Shluchim podcast even better, please email me at rabbi at jewishflagstaff.com. If you know also any Shluchim that would like to join the Shluchim podcast, they can email me at rabbi at jewishflagstaff.com with the word subscribe. Thank you, and make it a great week.